for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to David Lombardi, who covers the San Francisco 49ers for the Athletic, about the QB carousel questions surrounding the Niners this offseason. Could it be Sam Darnold? Maybe Deshaun Watson? Matt Stafford's now off the board. Matt Ryan going to stay in Atlanta? Or could it be one of the rookie quarterbacks on the board? A Zach Wilson if the 49ers decide to trade up into better draft position? Or maybe a veteran on the free agent market? A guy like Andy Dalton? Or maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick? Maybe somebody a little less sexy than that? Or the in-house Option Jimmy Garoppolo, all stuff we can talk about with David Lombardi, who joins me next. It's Monday, February 8th. It's always fun when we can talk 49er football with David Lombardi, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic. And David, I guess we can just start with all the speculation, man. It all started with Matt Stafford getting moved a couple weeks ago. But how are you, man? How's the offseason been treating you so far? It's been good. It's hard to believe that it was still the season at this point last year, right? Because the 49ers were going the distance in that 2019 season heading into 2020. They played all the way till the very final minute of that NFL year in the Super Bowl. So we didn't start any of this offseason stuff until much later. It was still like a week or two before we really started the offseason chatter because then you had to decompress the Super Bowl and really just take your breath after that extraordinarily long run. 19 games is a lot of games plus the preseason before that. So this one went by a lot quicker There was no preseason and there were no playoffs, so there were only 16 games instead of, what, 23 games total for the 49ers. And uh, it's weird because we're already far into the offseason because of that, and we've already went through at least one intense rumor mill round with Matt Stafford, and there's still two teams playing, you know? So it's going to be a long one, I could tell. It's going to be a long offseason, but I think stuff will get a little less tedious after free agency concludes and then we move to the draft people that start these rumors will have a much clearer idea where exactly the 49ers are headed, what the direction is of this team building process. Well, it is so funny because you're right. The season does seem to go by much quicker when you're resigned to your fate, like, I don't know, 10, 12 games in rather than wondering what might happen throughout the postseason. And that's the difference between this season and last season. The other difference is all the question marks surrounding the turnover on the roster. And in the Rams deciding year after year to have all this turnover on their roster, yet still be willing to give up their first round picks and how that's gone kind of counteractive and counterintuitive to what the 49ers have done where last year they decided we'll move to Forrest Buckner to get a draft pick back instead of paying the high price contract in figuring it out later. Would you agree with that statement and, and what do you think about those two different philosophies? Well, we're going to find out a lot this offseason because what the Rams have done is they've mortgaged the future for success or an attempt at success in the near term. While the 49ers since day one in 2017 with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have really preached sustainability. Now, in the Rams case, you know, when you purchase players on, you know, expensive deals like that, when you're giving up those top round draft picks and then when you're having to turn around and sign them to big long term deals, that's not good for the salary cap because the best way to control costs is through the draft because that's a cost-controlled player for four or five years in the case of a first-round pick. The Rams, they're not going to have a first-round pick for seven straight seasons now unless they trade up and get one. But as you said, they have not behaved in that way. It doesn't seem that they value those picks that much. Instead, they like to acquire quote-unquote proven guys and then turn around and pay them. Right now is when the chickens are going to come home to roost for the Rams. They're over $30 million above 
what the projected salary cap for 2021 will be. So between now and March 17th, the Rams are going to have to find a way to shed over $30 million in financial commitments, which uh, is not going to be easy. And that's before you even consider free agency. And they have pending free agents that are not on the books as part of that $30 million over. Guy like Leonard Floyd, the defensive end, Austin Blythe, their center. Josh Johnson is also a pending free agent for the Rams. So A, they have to get under the cap because their behavior is finally caught up to them. So we can't just pretend that Matt Stafford pushes them over the top because they have to maintain a football team here over the next month and a half. And then B, after getting under the cap, they have to get under it enough to be able to bring back or sign some free agents that are going to keep that defense in the top five, that are going to keep the offensive supporting structure good enough so that Matt Stafford doesn't end up like he did in Detroit. That's a 71-90 and career record in Detroit. He wasn't a winning quarterback there, and that's because quarterback's not all that matters. Yeah, you got to have pieces around you. And we saw, you know, a top a wide receiver in Calvin Johnson just decide to walk away from that situation because things weren't managed correctly. And I guess the, the term they use is salary cap hell, right? And I think 49ers have done a pretty good job of staying out of that, except that they've got a ton of free agents and a ton of holes they've got to fill this year, as well as some positions they need to improve. The offensive line was greatly decimated, it felt like, at the end of this season. Obviously, the defense stepped up. You've got a different coaching staff now. You may be getting Nick Bosa back to form where he was a couple of years ago, but it's going to be a lot of turnover. Where do you think the 49ers focus is obviously the fan base is looking at quarterback and looks at Jimmy G and finding out that they were just sort of lukewarm I think was the term on whether or not they were totally in on uh, on Matt Stafford where do you think their focus is this offseason as a priority well I think that the 49ers and Matt Stafford was a conversation with the Lions where the 49ers went into it seeing hey we can save you know a good five million dollars or so in cap space in a year that is going to be short on cap space if we are able to acquire Matt Stafford, plug him in to the quarterback position, obviously really talented guy, and then we could improve the rest of the roster. If we can you know, swing such a situation, it'll be worth it for us at a certain cost. And the 49ers' cost was to not give up a first-round pick. So, I mean, just like any competent front office would do, they approached the Lions to see what the cost would be. And the 49ers came in knowing that that first-round pick for them was off the table. And there's a chance in any trade negotiation, especially the first quarterback one of the offseason, that the cost won't be that high, that for whatever reason, the market for a guy like Matt Stafford would be rather depressed. There's always a chance. I'm not saying it was likely. And the 49ers have to do their due diligence in case it is depressed. And, you know, they, they probably floated around an idea of, of sending some later round picks. And it had the market for Matt Stafford been depressed, then the 49ers might have been serious players. They might have actually submitted a formal offer. However, by the time that the 49ers, you know, and the Lions circled back after that in, initial discussion, the price had shot way up. And uh, there were teams willing to put their first round pick into it. And that's something that the 49ers weren't willing to do. Obviously, the Rams were willing to put a lot more to offload themselves of uh, Jared Goff's contract. And I think that all just tells us that the 49ers are in a spot where their main focus is the trenches. And that means the offensive line, because Jimmy Garoppolo has not had the benefit of solid pass protection at all yet in his 49ers tenure. And it means the defensive line as well, because when the 49ers have been dominant up front defensively, and that was 2019 with Bosa on one side, D Ford on the other, they changed games on that side of the ball. So I think that 2019 showed us that the 49ers can go a really long way with a dominant defensive front. And I think it showed us that they can go all the way if they improve the offensive front just a little bit because the main weakness of that 2019 team was pass protection by any 
calculus, any metric, any eye test, it was pass protection. But assuming that stays in place, I think the trenches are where the 49ers are focusing. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. There are a couple of ways I think you're right in to stay successful year after year, and it's either you know building up the offensive line or the defensive line, getting back to form where they were a couple of years ago, or you can go the sexy route, which is what the fans look at, and have an elite quarterback. There's a couple names out there, Deshaun Watson, obviously, but Sam Darnold of the New York Jets, who was previously a number one overall pick. Do you think that he's a guy whose talent just hasn't been fostered? Does he still have the ability? What do you make of him and, and maybe how he would fit into a Kyle Shanahan offense? I love the just look at overall efficiency for quarterbacks, and, and here's why. I love watching film. I just don't like watching it the way that Twitter likes to watch it, and that is by cherry-picking individual terrible plays or individual great plays from any given quarterback. And you could find a great play or a series of great plays for any QB. I mean, these are NFL guys. They're not going to be in NFL buildings if they – don't have the ability to make great plays. And then even the very best player, you know, Patrick Mahomes, is going to have bad throws on on his highlight reel. And, you know, there were several of those from Patrick Mahomes last year in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Again, this is the NFL. The best are playing the best, so even the best are going to look bad against the, the other best guys. So, you know, I, I say that as a preface to my answer because – People like to float Sam Darnold highlight reel plays and, oh, my God, look at this arm talent on the move. And then some people are going to show the, the the bad Sam Darnold plays. Well, the answer to the question about whether this guy is good or worth it or salvageable is how often is he delivering a plus efficiency play? How often is one of those highlight reel plays happening versus how often is one of those negative plays happening? And in the case of Sam Darnold so far in his career, the negative plays have just exceedingly outweighed the positive ones. Now compared to what the 49ers have right now, for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm sorry, any which way that you look at it, no matter how much you know fans hate this guy with the 49ers, and, and there, he seems to be so polarizing, even though I don't think he's done anything to, to be that polarizing, the positive plays, the positive efficiency has outweighed the negatives. So if you swap a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo for Sam Darnold, you are rolling a huge dice thinking that your system or some kind of change of scenery will magically make Sam Darnold better. He has a long way to go to be as efficient as Jimmy Garoppolo has been, albeit in different circumstances. But I think as Garoppolo showed us in 2017, the 49ers circumstances were terrible that year and he still succeeded. The line was bad, the defense was bad, and he still succeeded. So I think that at some level, no matter how bad of a spot a quarterback is in, that talent will shine through a little bit, at least a little bit. For Sam Darnold, it's shined through like once every 30 plays so far, <laughs> right? Like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. So, so yeah. No, I'm with you. That's a, that's a tough ratio. You know what I mean? It's not a good ratio. I get it's the Jets, but God, the, the, the 49ers have been adamant about saying, we got a good thing right now. Will we look to upgrade if that upgrade is a holistic upgrade for the whole team where we can get more cap space, this and that? Of course. And that's why they were interested in Matt Stafford. That's why they would be interested in Deshaun Watson. That's why the Kirk Cousins rumors will never go away because we know that Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins go way back and Kyle Shanahan likes him. That's why people will float Carson Wentz's name because they would think, you know, he's shown MVP caliber play earlier in his career, right? So all these things are part of a larger puzzle that the 49ers will look at. But when I hear Sam Darnold, there's nothing consistently on tape, on the stat sheet, anywhere that puts him in the same caliber as any of those other names.
and that's the thing is if you're going to improve, you better have an upgrade. It can't be like a maybe situation. Like you better make sure the guy you're getting is not just financially better, but that it's better for your team in general. Cause I'm with you. You don't want to take a step back at the position or take a whole nother season to develop somebody. You want to make sure you've got somebody in house, which may mean that, you know, bringing Jimmy back and drafting a quarterback, maybe not even in the first round is the best option. The obvious option out there, it would cost you an arm and a leg. Some people would say it's worth it is the Deshaun Watson one. What would you say to people who are, are open to trading Nick Bosa and tons of draft capital for Deshaun Watson. And again, it's not like the Houston Texans are just all in on this move and would accept this, but it looks like if you were going to try to make a trade, that's where you'd have to start, right? It would be Nick Bosa and then a whole bunch of draft capital. For me, I say, man, Deshaun Watson is, is what you look to get. You may be a playoff contender for years to come if you had him. What do you think about that? Well, I'll start by saying this. The 2020 Houston Texans went 4-12, and and Deshaun Watson played the whole season for them, which I think is evidence that the quarterback is himself is just not enough, period. Look, if the quarterback himself was enough, then the Texans wouldn't have gone 4-12. and The Seattle Seahawks wouldn't have been eliminated by a team really without a legitimate quarterback in the wild card round at home against the Rams. You know, Russell Wilson would have carried them to Super Bowl by himself, right, if that's all that mattered. Or in the Super Bowl, we wouldn't see Tom Brady playing after throwing three interceptions. I thought Aaron Rodgers was better in the NFC Championship game than Tom Brady. At the very least, he made fewer mistakes, but Brady had the more balanced team and Brady won the NFC title game. So it's not just about the quarterback as much as, you know, people want to simplify the narrative and make it about just the quarterback. That being said, Watson is tremendous. I think he's overcome a lot in Houston to put that team on his back, put him in contention. I mean, that comeback playoff win against the Bills last year, you know, was a great example of that. The rest of the team is not doing its job. Deshaun Watson steps up, plays Superman. I mean, he's a really, really high ceiling guy. But when you start talking about including Nick Bosa in a trade package, you are willing to bleed a lot of efficiency on the defensive side of the ball. And I wrote a piece about that a little bit earlier this week. It's hard to quantify what exactly Nick Bosa means from a you know an exact scientific points value, but after you know looking at the numbers, breaking it down every which way, I qualify that he's worth about seven to eleven points per one hundred plays, expected points. You know that's the advanced stat that happens. Jimmy Garoppolo is the fifth or sixth ranked quarterback in the league when combined with Kyle Shanahan as far as expected points per 100 plays go. And in each of the past two seasons, even when he was hurt in 2020, he was about 14 points under, the number five where Garoppolo was, was about 14 points under the top quarterback in the league. It was Mahomes in 2019 and Rodgers in 2020. Okay, so if you pick up Deshaun Watson as the 49ers, you better hope that you're he's immediately the very top quarterback in the league no matter what and you get a 14-point boost from him because you're probably going to lose about 11 points with Nick Bosa. So you're counting on Deshaun Watson to be the very top guy year in, year out, no matter what. And that's just as egregious of a proposition to me as assuming that, oh, it's hard to maintain an elite defense. Well, it's hard to be the very, very top quarterback in the league. Even Mahomes couldn't maintain that for two straight years. Rodgers surpassed him this year. And even Rodgers hasn't been able to do it year in, year out, right? So you're taking a huge, huge risk. The 49ers defense has already demonstrated it could be at the top. 
With Mahomes and Shanahan, that would be a hypothetical that they could be at the top. Bosa's cheap right now for the next three years. So, yeah, I think you go hard in for Deshaun Watson if he becomes available, but I wouldn't trade Nick Bosa. Trade the draft picks, maybe even trade Fred Warner because he gets expensive, you know, this offseason. But Nick Bosa is one of the best players in football on a rookie deal. It's just not smart business, and I think that he truly is, while he's under this contract, Nick Bosa truly is untouchable. It's all great points, man, and it's great perspective to give us that analytic to sort of uh, what the, you know, you can quantify exactly how valuable you would need him to be in order for that uh, that draft pick to make sense or for that trade to make sense, I should say. And you're right. You look at guys like Russell Wilson, who just this year, you know, we were talking MVP for the first month, and he'd fell off, you know, hugely at the end of the season and was not maybe even the best element of that team by the time they got to the playoffs. So, hey, I appreciate the time today, David. Thanks for checking in. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you probably around draft time again. Talk to you about uh, where the 49ers are trading that number 12 pick man (laughs) (laughs) yeah more quarterback talk yeah talk to you soon great breakdown there of the quarterback situation from david lombardi i'm glad we finally got somebody to quantify what you would need from deshaun watson now i'm not going to say he won't be the best quarterback in football or does not have the skills to be the best quarterback in football year in and year out but he's right the idea of making a trade that would involve nick bosa would mean that you'd have to never check the back of nick bosa's football card again you'd have to hope that you never knew what the rest of his career would play out like because that's a a hall of fame talent after just a season and a couple of games in the nfl Thank you to David. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. We'll turn our sights back to the Warriors this week and then spring training just about a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. A lot of baseball to get to. The Giants filling out their roster. Tommy LaStella is official. All things we can talk about in the weeks ahead. Until Wednesday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.